My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. I remember sitting in a psychology class the day the professor mentioned the clitoris. Do you know how many women don't even know where their clitoris is, she asked, her intense eyes landing on mine. I shot her an astonished, oh my god, that's terrible expression. Meanwhile thinking, um, clito what? Clitoris sounded familiar, but for all I knew it was a dinosaur. Clitoris rex had a ring to it. I was 20, and it had been a few years since my curiosity-inducing sex ed class. I have since learned that dinosaur isn't so far off from a magnitude standpoint. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. Today, we are going to chat about, quote, lesbian sex, including common myths and a top sex tip for people of all sexual orientations with Stevie Bobby, a YouTuber who teaches queer folks how to have sex. We'll also explore a question from a listener who feels bothered by her girlfriend's flirting with other people's behavior and get some insight from the wonderful Dr. Megan Fleming of greatlifegreatsex.com. And we're going to delve into jealousy. Can it serve a purpose? What should you do when the green-eyed monster takes over? You'll also hear about an awesome sex toy that takes clitoral stim to a whole new level thanks to today's product sponsor, The Pleasure Chest, my favorite place to shop for toys and sexual health products. They're running a giveaway this weekend I can't wait to share more about. Oh, and that clitoris rex story? It was a little tiny sneak peek of my girl boner book. I chose to read it because it's relevant and the book is now available for pre-order on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. You can also request it from your local bookstore. It officially releases on August 7th. To be among the first to hear related news about the book, behind-the-scenes fun, and more, sign up for Girl Boner Extras at AugustMcLaughlin.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio and never want to miss a thing, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. If you'd leave a rating and review as well, I would be so grateful. Thank you for joining me, Stevie. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I would love to hear a little bit about your background. What did you learn about sex and sexuality when you were growing up? Um, the biggest thing I learned about sex and sexuality growing up is that um, everyone's an idiot, and they think that if you teach abstinence only, kids won't ever have sex, which is untrue. Um, yeah, I think that... that um, I don't really do sex ed because I, like, have a degree in it or anything or, like, I really know that much. Um, it's because I'm so angry that I was never taught anything and the things I were taught were not evidence-based and not pleasure-based. And um, I just, like, couldn't find any queer sex educators. And I was like, well, if no one else is going to do it. I guess I fucking will. And you're doing an amazing job and very entertaining. Your videos are awesome on YouTube. So I know a lot of people have asked you about lesbian sex. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that term. What is, what does that mean to you? Lesbian sex? Um, I, this is like, man, what a hot topic. Um, I think that 
I, what I care about is people that are looking for a specific thing are able to find my videos, right? And the thing that when people first start to question their sexuality, that they, and they're women, young girls, right? They'll start to search lesbian sex. Um, but I try to use inclusive language within my videos to say, you know, people with vulvas, people with penises. Um, also, two bisexual women, two straight women can have lesbian sex because I think lesbian sex is when two women are having sex, right? Yeah. So you, it doesn't mean you have to be a lesbian. Right. The and word lesbian is an adjective. Exactly. And you can have a penis and have lesbian sex. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's all about how you identify yourself and whoever you want to be sexy with and sexual with. Yeah. yeah. And I don't so much, I don't know, I'm slowly like trying to move away from um, really saying that I'm a lesbian sex educator. Um, I just am a sex educator that happens to be a lesbian. And I think that that makes what you teach so different, right? Like we're just a mix of all of our identities and memories and whatever. Um, and it sucks that like everyone's straight. And that does it. Right. It's so true. And, and feels like we have to put people in these sort of boxes that if you happen to be queer, lesbian, trans, whatever, that becomes the title that you have instead of I'm a sex educator, I happen to be queer, I care especially about, you know, issues that affect queer people, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I'd love to talk about a few more myths about kind of sex and, and queerness and all that good stuff. Something came up in a recent episode, lesbian bed death. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone isn't very familiar, it's basically the, that the passion will inevitably die if you're in a lesbian relationship, which is not true. Do you know where the term came from? I looked it up. You did? Well, yeah. what's funny is I love that people are like, it's called lesbian bed death because no straight people ever stop having sex, right? They always continue forever. Like, that's never been a problem. What the fuck? Right. And then it's also like, but they do shame people and talk about, like, if you're monogamous and you are straight, there is sort of an idea that they don't call it a bed death, which is much more extreme and, and violent, really. But it also... There is sort of this, like, if you're in a long-term relationship, then... But you don't ever hear it about gay guys, which tells me people say, oh, you put a woman in the equation, and oh, yeah. inevitably it'll be death or boredom or, or something horrible. And actually, so the term came from a psychologist, oh, sociologist, excuse me, Pepper Schwartz, coined the term. She was researching with Philip Bloomstein. Uh, their own research on straight, gay, and lesbian couples showed that lesbians had less sex than other types. However, it wasn't no sex. So first of all, that's a big distinction, right? Like bed death sounds like the death sex. of a sex, of mm-hmm. sex. Yeah. In addition, research since then has produced very different results. Yeah, it said that lesbians have more sex. And more pleasurable sex. Yeah. What? I know. But the term just lingers so on He, he just on. found like 10 lesbians and asked them their Could limited be. opinion. They're I probably all white. It. And then mm-hmm. he was like, this is what all lesbians do. Right. <laughs> Right. And also this was in the 80s mm. when people, especially women, were not as encouraged to talk about sex. So <gasps> you're asking women to say, OK, so how often do you have sex? And they're like, never. We never have sex. We never have sex. We're good. We're like, what? Yeah. That's yeah. So it's so crazy. It's so crazy. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite sex toy? Um, I'm really enjoying uh, personally. I'm really enjoying um, indirect clit stimulation toys. So like 
I hate the name of this toy, but it's called the Womanizer. <gasps> it's like the first one. I'm so right? glad you mentioned that because this was totally not planned. It's the one we're featuring today, but carry on. <gasps> oh, cool. Um, I, I yeah, should grab so one. Cool. I wish it had a different name. It's kind of fucked up, but whatever. Um, but yeah, lots of different companies are coming out with them. So it's basically, it like has a slight suction. Some of them have a slight suction, um, but it's large and it goes around your clit. And so the kind of orgasm you can have from not directly stimulating your clit is not like any other orgasm. It's so amazing. Have you tried the travel version? No. Okay. So I'm what holding it right now. It oh, looks like lipstick. Shut the fuck up. Give me that. Yeah. Oh okay. I Just FYI, I've used it, but I washed it very well. <laughs> okay. Just full disclosure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so gosh, it still sorry. has the suction. It looks like a giant tube of lipstick. And the suction cup. It does. It sucks and this is in. Is from Womanizer? Mm-hmm. It oh is called God. the Womanizer 2 to go, T-G-O, a travel version. It features their signature pressure air technology. So it has that clit suction, which is so fascinating to me. I actually used it for a standing up orgasm, which I've never really kind of done before. Not like just standing there totally. I like to be belly down. I'm also more of an internal orgasmer. So for me, it was really interesting to be able to just sort of like stand there and it's so intense and uh, you can also pair it with your fingers or if you do want internal play, you can yeah. add something to it. How different is this from the womanizer you've used? Um, oh, so different. The one that I have is, I gift them all the time too, but it's like, I don't know, this big and then it has one that comes down. They, I, I've seen that they've come out with ones with longer handles. I know this one is waterproof too, which is nice, and it's easy. Yeah, to, like, they, they started making the waterproof now. Yeah, yeah, so you can use it in the bathtub and all that stuff. And it's, I guess, the closest thing they say from a toy stance to have to oral sex. Like oh, wow. that suction is what's supposed to. Do you feel like it's similar? Depends God, on the oral no. sex, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, the point is that it's vibrating, and it's not on your clit. So I've never experienced oral sex that is vibrating and not on my clit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the orgasm itself, I guess, maybe. I gotcha. Like, if someone is like, I don't know. What I really like about the Womanizer, which is why I will never use another similar one, because I haven't found one that has this feature, you can turn it all the way up. So obviously it has, like, different strength settings. You can turn it all the way up and then, like, turn it down to the lowest setting with one button. So I like to, like, ride my orgasm with, the lowest setting because it just makes it that's so nice i like that too because i like lower settings as well because if you start at the highest or you only use a really intense one Mm -hmm. you don't get that full body build Mm -hmm. and to me that can feel like too much if it's all of a sudden like like you need to have that for sure and the the suction i think if you like the kind of oral sex where somebody is kind of sucking on your on the on the head of your clit Mm -hmm. under the hood if you're if you're sucking on that quote button, mm-hmm. I think I think that could be kind of similar. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. yeah. I need to have more oral sex and be like, hey, do this thing. <laughs> and write down what it feels like. Yeah. What's another myth around queer sex or lesbian people having sex that kind of gets under your skin? Um, that people think that I mean, there's so fucking many. Holy shit. Um, I really hate the whole scissoring argument. I hate that people are so upset that everyone thinks lesbian scissor that they say le- no lesbian scissor because that's just not true. And it's then, in every lesbian 
quote lesbian sex article oh, almost. I Can know. you just describe, in case anyone's unfamiliar, what it is? Yeah. So there's tripping and then there's scissoring. So scissoring is a type of tripping. So scissoring is when both of your vulvas are on each other, rubbing or doing something. Tripping is when you have a vulva against a body part, like rubbing against a body part. So scissoring is just a type of tripping. Um, but yeah, it is in every single fucking lesbian sex scene. And it's like, listen, some lesbians scissor every time they have sex. And the ones that don't get mad when they see that in every single sex, yeah. you know, thing. We just need more representation, more different things that lesbians do, right? Absolutely. And the beauty of learning about all the different activities and ways of expressing and experiencing pleasure is that it benefits everyone. Because if you are cisgender, straight, in a, a, a man-woman relationship, you it's much easier to fall into, like, it has to be intercourse or it has to be the specific thing. When we can all experience so many different kinds of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that the reason scissoring is such like a thing is because straight people are like, well, penis and vagina is how I have sex. So lesbians must have sex with vagina to vagina. <laughs> you know, right, it's like, right. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> or, or one of you must always wear a penis. I've one of my friends told me that people always ask her. So do you always have to wear a dildo? Mm-hmm. Because they're assuming it would have to have something penile mm-hmm. involved. The only, yeah, the only way that you can actually fuck is to bring a, something shaped like a penis into the equation. It's like, guys, we have so many, we have so many fingers, you know? <laughs> that is such a good point. So many fingers. So many fingers. You talk about the secret to good sex being talking. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important? I think, I don't know, especially in our culture and, like, where I grew up, talking about it is so taboo. So people just move throughout their lives not knowing that they can ask for their own pleasure. And sometimes when I go and talk to straight people, I, like, always ask them questions and then yell at them for not speaking up or whatever. Um, you know, and they always are like, I'm like, what, you, what happens when you don't like it? And they're like, I just, like, hope they get off soon. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're or they fake it. And I'm like, you're just like, have a conversation. They're, his ego is not more important than your pleasure. Like, we should all just be talking. Yeah. I don't know. And also, That's like, so a true. 70-year-old man on a plane told me, um, he saw me reading a lesbian sex book. And he was like, um, I've got 70 years of experience for you. I've just got one tip. And I was like, oh, God, what is he going to say? And he was like, talk to each other. That's it. And I was like, oh, my God, that went so much better than I thought it was going to go. What a Aww, sweetheart. That and I was is like, really sweet. Yeah, that's the best sex tip, I think. I loved your video about jealousy. Oh, good. That's awesome. You talked about feeling emotions in your body. Mm-hmm. Could you speak to that and how you became kind of, I think you used the word obsessed, like you love to kind of understand how feelings feel physically? Yeah. So, um, like, I've been through a lot of trauma as a child, you know what I mean? So I've like, I kind of became a repression <laughs> expert. Um, and I feel like I just like felt feelings with my brain. And when people called them feelings, I thought that was just like a, a phrase. Like I didn't think that they actually felt in your body. And then um, my manager was like, no, Stevie, they're called feelings because you feel them like in your body. And I was like, bullshit. And uh, they were like, well, sit down and think about something that makes you mad or something that makes you happy and just do it over and over again. Close your eyes and try to feel it in your body. And I tried for weeks and it didn't work. And then it slowly started to work. And I was like, oh, my God, 
this is crazy. Like you feel things in your body. What? So (laughs) that's a thing I'm in therapy for now. (laughs) How do you experience jealousy? You talk about, you give a lot of different examples using like astrological signs and kind of very funny, you know, here's how you might experience jealousy or how you might express it. How does that feel in your own body when you feel jealous? Um, I don't think I really feel it that much. Um, I'm polyamorous, so it's that's not why I don't feel jealousy, but it's kind of convenient that I don't feel jealousy. Um, but I don't know. It's so rare when it happens, and it's usually me like feeling some kind of FOMO, right? It's like, well, I wish I was spending time with my partner right now, but now they're spending time with this other person. Um, so what inspired yeah. you to make that video? Was it because people were asking you about jealousy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, got a whole list of questions people ask. And also, I think a really big part of, like, sex ed is talking about feelings and dating and flirting. And people don't, they just, like, pass all that up. And it's yeah. like, what? Most most of about sex ed should not be about the sex. It's so true. Yeah, really well said. And it, we learn so much from our emotions. And one thing I loved was that you said, draw the jealousy close. Like, feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. I think we try to run away from them or stuff them or instead of talking about them or looking at them because they can be tools for us. We can learn from them. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from a difficult emotion? Is there one that stands out as something happened and you were like, wow, I'm so, that was, that was sucky, but I'm so glad that I got to learn from it. Oh my God. Constantly. What's an example of one? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the... <laughs> The strongest emotion, I, two strongest emotions I feel are compersion and anger. So I'm fucking angry all the time about everything. Um, but it like, that's what drives me to do what I do. I'm like, I feel slighted and angry that no one told me what, that I had a vagina. They just told me that like, that's where you pee out of. Um, and so that's why I like want to teach people about their vulvas. Um, and then compersion, like that, that feeling and how strongly I felt it. Um, helped me realize that I like dating people that are dating other people. Um, so if you don't know, compersion is the opposite of jealousy. So it's when you experience joy for someone else experiencing joy. Um, but when we're specifically talking about it in relationships, it's like, you know, for instance, if I'm dating someone and they, I get to see them or hear about them flirting with someone else, and I'm, like, so happy for them because, like, they come home and they're like, I feel so hot because a hottie thinks I'm hot. And I'm like, I am so excited that a hottie thinks you're hot. This is great. Mm. So that's, like, compersion. So that's why I know that I like dating poly people and, like, people that are not monogamous because I really love feeling compersion. I think we should all, ideally, I, I hate the word should, but... It'd be beautiful if we all embraced that it doesn't have to be about sex or, you know, not everyone needs to be polyamorous, but just the idea of kind of getting off or getting pleasure from knowing someone else is happy in whatever ways. That's really awesome. Yeah, man. Because, you know, there are people, and it doesn't even have to do with sex, but, like, there are people that are so not compersive. Like, the friend that's like, why are all my friends engaged? Like, they get mad that their best friend got engaged because they're not engaged yet, you know? Like, just as an example of like a competitive not competitive. Or, or, or jealous, even, oh, sometimes. Wow. I never thought about competitive being thrown in there. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just jealousy. And then mm-hmm. they're not able to, they're not able to feel joy for mm. the other person. And it's something that, that a lot of people have to practice. 
some people just naturally are compersive. Some people have to practice it because yeah. it makes your life better, I promise. Totally, totally. Jealousy is so interesting because I feel like there's a lot of shame around it, which is one reason I think it's cool that you spoke up and made a video because I think it's the emotion that I've heard more people say things like, you know, you're so awful because you're jealous. You mm. know, where if that comes out of insecurity or – or if it comes out of maybe something actually is happening that's out of line with your own value system. Like there's a missing conversation perhaps. Like you have these sexual values, I have these, if you haven't had that conversation. But there seems to be not a lot of compassion around like how can we figure this out? How do we step into it? How do you recommend talking about it to a partner or a friend? Yeah, I think a lot of people deem these emotions are good emotions and these emotions are bad emotions. So if I feel these bad emotions, I'm a bad person. Therefore, I should squash them down. And that's, I think, not how you should operate with your feelings. You know, you you just let, like, like I said in my video, like sit down with the jealousy, ask it where it came from. Because having a feeling is trying to teach you something, right? You're either supposed to grow or learn or um, just sit and feel it, even if you don't know, you know, because pushing it down is just going to make you sick, first of all. <laughs> it's so true. And mm -hmm. the more you feel it, the quicker it will pass if it is something stressful. I heard something really awesome from a therapist recently. She said, there's a saying they use in psychology. If it feels really hysterical, it's probably historical. Meaning if you're really jealous of a partner or friends doing a particular thing, it may actually, if it feels hysterical, be tapping into a wound from your past and have like nothing to do with that person. You could be like projecting you know, like, it's amazing how those wounds can, like, follow us. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened with Scorpio in my video. Scorpio clone was like, oh, wait, I got mad that my girlfriend hugged someone in front of me. But, like, I'm just mad because my ex cheated on me, told me she didn't, and then did it again. <laughs> what would a Sagittarius Capricorn cusp do? Because that's what I am. <laughs> I can never find any horoscopes that fit me because of that. Oh, my God. What, <laughs> a, like, mix. what a mix. What a mix. Wait, are those both air signs? What are they? I don't, I don't know. I don't really like, know a lot about horoscopes. I don't actually either, but I, I, there, I think one's earth and one's Heroes. fire. Fire Sagittarius, right? Yeah. Yeah, so earth and fire. So basically a big earth on fire hmm. is That's... my Sagittarius Capricorn. Capricarius Sagicorn. <laughs> yeah. I'm a triple cancer, so. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess it's supposed <laughs> to be real moody. <laughs> And capable of pure love. <laughs> I like it. If you would like to get your hands on a womanizer to go, you have a couple of choices I would recommend. Head to thepleasurechest.com and search for it. Or enter to win a free one this weekend. The Pleasure Chest is doing a giveaway on Instagram this Saturday, June 16th. Hashtag self-care Saturday. Ending on Sunday the 17th. All you have to do is follow me at August McLaughlin and The Pleasure Chest at Pleasure Chest Stores on Instagram. Then on Saturday or Sunday, leave a comment on their post sharing what you do for self-care. Their giveaway post will appear on Saturday morning, Pacific Standard Time, so keep an eye out. Details will also appear on my blog this week at augustmclaughlin.com. I'll be hopping on to interact with folks who comment, so I hope to see you there this weekend. Now for some Ask Dr. Megan fun. I loved this thoughtful question from Brenna, who wrote this. My girlfriend flirts with other people when we're not together. I know because two friends have mentioned it recently, and she went to a movie with someone as a friend 
which already I was not comfortable with, and it turned out that person thought it was a date. When I asked her about it, she says, she's just being friendly, so basically, get over it. I don't believe she'll cheat on me or that that isn't her intention, but it makes me feel jealous and insecure. I feel like a loser, to be honest. Other times I feel angry because it feels like she must not really value our relationship and I'm just fooling myself. How can I get over my jealousy or figure out if there's actually a problem? Brenna, I promise you, you are not a loser. Your feelings are totally valid, and I'm so glad you wrote to us. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. Brenna, thank you so much for your question. And I can imagine you have a lot of feelings going on, probably most particularly jealousy, um, because, you know, this is a behavior that not only have you observed or noticed, but the fact that two of your friends sort of, in a sense, have spontaneously mentioned it, not to mention that she went out with someone else who actually thought it was a date, means that, you know, what's the definition of flirting? And have you had that conversation? Because I understand that she seems like she's just, quote unquote, being friendly. But the fact that she sort of tells you to get over it means that she's dismissing your feelings that, you know, when we call someone a girlfriend, typically we've had the conversation that we're in a committed relationship. And, you know, what is the nature of that commitment? But typically it is about, you know, how do we promote the best in our partner and how do we help them feel secure? I mean, security and stability is one of the biggest reasons people seek and desire to be in relationship. And so, you know, if she really has a awareness that you're feeling jealous and doesn't care, to me, that a flag, you know, a potentially really big one. And it's certainly worthy of conversation more than get over it. Like, I'm not sure what it means to her. Like, you know, when she's being friendly from her perspective or flirty, First of all, again, going back to how does she define it, but also what is it to help her to feel? Um, is there something about the attention? Is there something about the banter? Um, you know, I, I would think it's important for you to sort of cross the bridge and step over into her world and hear more about her experience and how she imagines other people, um, you know, do they even know that she's in a relationship? Is that something she um, sort of on purpose or just inadvertently leaves out of the conversation. So, you know, there's no one right answer here, but the fact that she's acting as if it's your problem, I mean, jealousy is something that is deep rooted in, in a sense what we call that reptilian or lizard part of our brain, right? It's right there along with fight flight sort of survival. So um, it, it, it makes me really want you to call into question, you know, is this the kind of relationship you wanna be in when your partner, your girlfriend, really doesn't matter and isn't concerned how you feel, right? Um, because to me, that typically isn't um, the communication or how we want to be treated by our partners. So uh, I know it's not going to be easy, but it always starts with having a conversation. And as I often say, don't think about it as big, heavy, definitive conversation, but think of it as lighter, playful, sort of a series of conversations. And as I said, really focusing on what does this behavior mean to her? How does it help her feel? And again, is she aware of the impact that it's having on you? Because if she is and she's doing nothing about it to help you feel secure, safe, you know, cared for, you know, in this committed relationship, as I said, you have to make your own decision about whether or not that's the future you want. Um, but I would imagine the feelings that it's inducing and the fact that she's not willing to really engage further in that conversation, if that shouldn't change, it might be consideration to think about finding a partner or girlfriend who you really feel like you have that security and commitment with because trust and commitment really are two of the three very important ingredients in terms of healthy, happy, and stable relationships. So as always, want to hear how it goes.
Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I love what she had to say about really making sure that your concerns are addressed and you're having these conversations. And what she said about playful, you know, having a loving heart-to-heart could be really helpful. And again, I really think jealousy can be a tool. You know, obviously, if that's something that you feel in all areas of your life or it's something you struggle with on a regular basis, then it might be something to look inward and go, wait a minute, is something else going on that's deeper for me? In this case, it sounds like it's really isolated, right, to this the situation that you're dealing with with your intimate partner. So I would really encourage you to, to take Dr. Megan's advice and have that conversation, maybe multiple conversations, and and you know, let your partner know, I really I really want to talk about this because I care about you and our relationship, but I want to make sure that we're both feeling good, you know, like how do we define our sexual values and, and sexual values, sometimes people define intimacy and fidelity as only sex. Like if I'm not having sex with a person outside the relationship, then I'm being loyal. You know, I'm not, I'm not quote cheating other people, you know, you might be in a relationship where one person thinks something is cheating and another person doesn't because it doesn't involve sex. But how do we know if we don't have a conversation? And this came up for you. You know, when, when it comes up with a specific situation, I think it's so important that we, that we dig deeper. And if it does work out and you guys have those conversations that are compassionate and you do some work together, I think you're just going to grow as a couple. And regardless, Brenna, I think you are going to grow and you're so courageous and strong and, and beautiful for sharing because I know your question is going to help more people. And please do keep in mind what Stevie said. You know, hold the jealousy close. Look at it. I think that's super important, which I think is what you're doing by reaching out. If you would like to learn more about Stevie. Um, yeah, so my channel is just YouTube.com slash Stevie. Um, and if you Google Lesbian Sex 101, I'll show up. Um, yeah, I'm all over the Instagrams and the Twitter. Awesome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. She is so awesome. Check out her videos for sure. You will not be disappointed and find her online throughout social media. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear what you think. If you have a question for me or for Dr. Megan, please send it to me. And if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, on iHeartRadio or on Spotify, and leave us a review and a rating. And pick up my book. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Find more information on my website. It releases on August 7th. And you can sign up for my mailing list, augustmclaughlin.com. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.